0: Listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Welcome. We are so glad that you have chosen to join us today. My name is uh, Josh Gray. I am the lead pastor here at Real Life. So, welcome for from wherever you're viewing. Um, super excited about our new series that we have and that we're going into. Uh, we've titled it Influencer and. Um, I see at this time in, in our COVID-19 world, and, and really as you step back and think about influence and being influenced, it is a major, major, major thing that I see happening. Maybe I'm just more aware of it with, the, with news or with political parties or any other things. But there is a major, major, major battle for influence. Influence in, in, in my life. Influence in your life. And so it's interesting as I started to, to dig into, to what is happening with influence and you type in the word influencer and there's a lot of things that come in to Google when you say influencer. And one of the things that came was a definition of what they would say an influencer is. And I wanted to share that with you guys as we try and relate this and tie this to, to what has happened last week that we talked about when We've talked about Jesus rose from the dead to where we're going and what does influence look like and the power of influence that you have and the power of influence uh, that I have. And so uh, an influencer is someone who has the power. It's an interesting phrase. Someone who has the power to affect the purchasing decisions of others because of his or her authority, knowledge, position – or relationship with his or her audience. And so it's interesting how, when you think about influencer, it's about how you can move somebody to do something, whether it's financial, um, whether it's relationally, whether it's for their own good or for their own bad. We all influence. Uh, There's an interesting stat that I saw. It said uh, sociologists would say that the most introverted person, just in general, Think about the most introverted person you know, that they will influence over 10,000 people in their lifetime. And that's the introverts. That's the people who aren't trying to influence. So we all influence. Let me tell you how important influence is to me. It's so important to me that I am trying to influence my son to read a book with me every week that we're going to talk about a chapter in this book called how to win friends and influence people i think it's so valuable that my son learn how to use his influence well not just for his own financial being my well-being but just for for to to use his influence well as a man of god that i want to equip him with a book that was written in 1936 that still matters today um, some more things about influence. The biggest influencer on Instagram is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, a soccer player. And he just passed 200 million, 200 million followers. And uh, on his post there, it said 200 million. It had him in a king's seat, with the trophy from one of their soccer things that he had won with his diamond rings on and his earrings and his like 200 million plus. What I found out about him is that for every uh, paid post, he gets a million dollars per paid post. Uh, they say that just his revenue from the, his revenue streams from that is $23 million a year. He plays soccer and makes $31 million a year. His one little Instagram revenue stream is $23 million and so he influences people now let's talk about the influence at the time of Christ roughly jesus was crucified in 32 AD so we're talking about 1988ish years ago jesus the christ was crucified was died was was, was put in a tomb and then rose And we talked about that last week. And here's an interesting thing, is there's over, uh, statistics would say there's over 2 billion Christians on earth. 25% of the earth's population would claim to be a Christian. And if 25% of those folks celebrated Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection last week, you have over 2 billion people that spent a day and all over the world we have our different customs and traditions from where we are from the the nice looking Easter outfits that we would put on to, to as a Gentile ham loving person had, had my ham this last week um, or to Easter egg hunts and all of those things like we all have our traditions but we're all influenced by something that happened 1,988 years ago. Now that is an influencer. And here's the cool part. You and I are invited. We are invited to join this revolution to continue to influence for generations to come. So let's follow me as we dive into the text or we're going to spend our time today or we're going to marinate in is Luke, uh, 24, uh, verses 13, uh, and we'll probably go to like 35. And so uh, the beginning here, as we're as we're catching this, just to go back, we saw that the the ladies that were uh, in Jesus' ministry went to uh, the tomb with their spices, and he wasn't there. And they had the 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 people that appeared to them, and they ran back and they told the disciples. And then Peter uh, went there, and he and he didn't see the Lord in there either, and, but he didn't see the, see the visions or the the uh, angels that were there. And so that's where we're left off is like this news that Jesus is not in his tomb. But news travels a little slower than than it does today because you can't just put it on your Instagram account and sit in your chair and have 200 million people go buy some Nike shoes that you just liked uh, in two seconds. So this news, uh, while it was traveling, uh, wasn't fully accepted yet. And so we're gonna catch up with these these two gentlemen. So uh, here we are in Luke. It says, now the same day, two of them we're going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Now, I want to stop right there. At an interesting thing uh, Emmaus uh, means hot. It also means, like, if it's an emotion, it would mean like burning with anger. And I'm sure it was a real place, obviously, a village, but the word itself means like hot or burning with anger. And it says in here uh, they went to this village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is shalom. Jerusalem is the city of peace. So they're going from peace to hotness. They're going from peace to burning with anger. And we're going to find out why they were burning with anger. Uh, They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. Do you remember? Some of you remember when 9-11 happened? You remember where you were? and that you you were discussing that and you're just sitting I just remember sitting there in shock just like what is going on I can imagine that's the same way my grandparents felt when they heard about Pearl Harbor and I can imagine that's the same way that Jesus's followers felt when they heard about Jesus being crucified and so they were talking with each other about everything that happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up all, uh, and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. Now, I don't know why they were kept from recognizing him. I don't know if it was a, a Jedi mind trick or any of those type of things. But they didn't recognize him. And uh, he asked them, what are you uh, discussing together as you walk along? Kind of an interesting question. And I love this piece of the response. This "Is They stood still. Their faces are downcast. Of course their faces are downcast. Of course they sit still. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? Where have you been? Has your head been in the sand? Don't you know that they had crucified Jesus of Nazareth? The one who had done all these miracles, the one who had done all these things that we had seen and we talked about, don't you know that that's what happened? So here's an interesting uh, tidbit here. Cleopas, they think that Cleopas, the church history would say that Cleopas was Joseph's brother, which would make him Jesus's uncle who doesn't recognize him. So this is a great Jedi mind trick if that's what it is, but he does not recognize him at all. And so, uh, as you, as you're, as you're thinking about the weight of what's going on, so why is this such a big deal to, to, to everyone here? What are, what are they thinking? What happened? Like th- this is such a loss. Like they're in the, I would call this like the great despair, the great, like this, this is like the great depression. And this is more than like COVID-19. Uh, and that's bad, right? That's not great, but like this is more than this is, this is your ancestors for hundreds and hundreds of years, talking about this redeemer that's gonna come, uh, talking about it, reading about it in scripture, that we're, someday we will not be oppressed. Someday someone's gonna come and deliver us and you thought you were right there. What would you do? You thought you were right in that moment like where you're gonna see it happen and pow, we're gonna win. And we're gonna win not just a game, We're going to win freedom from oppression, freedom from our people being murdered and butchered, freedom from an oppressive rule. That's what's on the line. We're talking about your grandchildren and your children's children not living a, a horrible life. And so they're devastated. They're absolutely devastated. And so he's like, what, What's going on? What's happened here? And, they, and Jesus, and they said, well, What things? He asked. Jesus asked, What things? About Jesus of Nazareth. They replied, He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Now, this phrase here is cool powerful in word and deed. We see it coming up in a couple different places. Uh, we see it in Acts 7. Uh where Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in his word and his deeds. This is important to the Jews as they're trying as you're trying to connect. They're waiting for a Moses type savior. And the reason why they're waiting for a Moses savior to come, someone's gonna lead him out with power, because it says it in Deuteronomy 18:15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. Like, okay, so it's gonna be like like Moses. Okay, cool. We know what to look for from your fellow Israelites. You should listen to him. So they're waiting because Moses redeemed people out of Egypt, and now they're back into this oppressive culture, and they're waiting to be redeemed. And some of you watching today are waiting to be redeemed. You need and want and and desire a savior. We need and want and desire not only just a savior, but a Lord, someone to guide us. And they wanted it so bad. So they're waiting for this person to come and defeat the Romans, but he's dead. He died, the Romans won, they killed him. You don't even know about this? Where have you been, dude? That's what they're thinking, right? Let me tell you more what happened. So they said the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more is that it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women, they amazed us. They, they went to the tomb early this morning They didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And we have a little bit of hope. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they they didn't see Jesus. And I think for me, and maybe for some of us here, like this can be the real problem. When we don't have the ability to see Jesus, to see hope beyond our despair. This is when we start doing really dumb things and we have crisis of faith. When we can't see hope beyond our despair, which is why last week when I was wearing that shirt and I kept pointing to the Hope Dealer shirt, there are people that are out there that are in despair, and they're going to do really dumb things unless we continue to get better and better as hope dealers and to be available for people. And so thinking about being part of this revolution, what did Jesus think he was doing when he was going to the cross? He started a revolution. And we see this uh, revolution where, 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 where things are moving forward and, and we're excited and we are got to continue to press in and be hope dealers and be influencers be an influencer towards faith in Jesus Christ. See, He's understands all the crisis. We're, we're going to have more crisis in our life. I don't know. I don't remember a time when I didn't have crisis in my life. And this is one of those things where it doesn't make sense. This is not how it's supposed to be. Like, it's not fair for the seniors in high school, for them to not have prom. It's not fair for the kids that play baseball or track or all of those things to have that t- there's like the it's not fair and like yeah it's not fair. But we're going to move on. We're going to make new memories. It isn't always fair. You know, and I guess I just my heart goes out to that when we think about that with despair that we have. Crushing dreams and And whether it's financial or, or, or physical or, uh, circumstances that have shaken your faith, hopefully you run into a hope dealer. I know I did. So this road that we talk about, this road to Emmaus is a well traveled road for all of us. Many of us have gone down this road of crisis. We've gone down this road of, of, of what's happening. And, and, and we have more crises that are coming. But like I talked about last week, are you digging your well before you're thirsty? Are you digging your spiritual well before you're thirsty? Are you digging your relationship, the way you're influencing other people and the way that you're being influenced? Are you digging that well before you're thirsty because crisis is coming? But we, as redeemed people, we have a critical role in the kingdom, an absolutely critical role in the kingdom of God. We get the privilege of introducing people to the Redeemer, by the way we act, by the way we treat people, by the way we use the provisions that God provides us from our, from our brains, to our finances, to, to our food, to everything that we have, they get to interact and see what it looks like, what God's people look like. You know, what, I, what I'm finding is people aren't interested in my religion. They're not really that interested in my church doctrine. What they're interested in is, is in a redeemer that could set them free from the demons they have in their life. And Jesus Christ chooses to use you and me to help set people free, to help redeem, help help people be redeemed. We get to help others have life-changing encounters. And sometimes we are that life-changing encounter for the good. And I've been that life-changing encounter for not the good before because I'm an influencer. You influence good and bad. And I would ask you, when you think about how you influence, it has a lot to do with, with what are you being influenced by. I have had people say, you got to watch this show on Netflix. This is really cool and funny. And they're influencing me to spend 8, 10, 9, 12 hours of my life watching some Tattooed Tiger Show, which I'm not watching, by the way. I saw 20 minutes of it. I'm good. And so when when you have the power to influence people, and you are influencing people, and and you're going to influence people based on how you've been influenced and what you allow into your life. So knowing your Bible well matters. And not knowing it all, not being perfect, but starting on the journey. Knowing what the Holy Spirit sounds like to you matters to be moved, to be guided, because he's influencing. He's influencing those who've accepted him. So we get to help others have a life-changing encounter just like these ones. So Jesus goes on. Now, Jesus is going to speak. They don't know it's Jesus yet. But Jesus said to them, so they get done telling the story of what happened. And he says, oh, foolish ones, how slow. Are your hearts to believe all the, the prophets have spoken? Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets he explained to them what was said in all scriptures concerning himself. So he spent some time explaining to them what was in a, what, what, about who this was supposed to be. Let me go back and just say a couple things about the words here because it kind of threw me off. I'm like, did Jesus just call these people morons? Was he just like, you dummies? Uh, the word there for foolish, uh, uh, the word he uses really means like without understanding. Uh, you don't understand. You don't have proper reasoning. You've Actually, the heart problem you have is that you've missed what I've, we've been together for a while and you missed it. You missed the fact that you wanted an earthly king. You wanted someone to come and conquer with their right hand and destroy a nation. But nations rise up and nations fall down all the time. But you wanted that. But I gave you something bigger. I gave you something more. I gave you something that is eternal, eternal. I gave you something. I, we conquered death. We conquered death. And that's what I gave, but you didn't see it. You wanted, you wanted a savior, but you don't want the cross. But that's what you got. He's come to be so much more for you and for me. So he came and he destroyed sin and death. Uh, he defeated chaos And he started a revolution that we're talking about because we were influenced 1,988 years later. We're celebrating something that happened. We're still talking about it. We've already heard the Easter story. If you've been a Christian for a while, you hear it every year. How many different times can you hear it? And we still hear it. We still talk about it. And we still celebrate it because that's how influenced we are. So you go from... These two men walking towards Emmaus, really with burning anger, walking away from Jerusalem, which would represent peace. They're in despair. They're desperate. And they need to find peace and wholeness. And we get to partner with. So how do we do this? How do we partner to help others out here in this time of need, which is big to us? How do we help people find hope? How do we be hope dealers? We get the privilege of encountering folks. We get the privilege of having life-changing encounters with them, and it changes their life based on a couple things. Number one, that we see them. Number two, how we treat them. And number four, where we influence them to. Because you can be influenced off the path. I've been influenced off the path, and I've been influenced on the path. I've influenced others off the path. Forgive me, Lord. And I've influenced people towards the path. We have to be so careful with our influence because it's going to happen. So in verse 29, uh, these two, they, they say, please stay with us. The day is nearly over. They're seeing Jesus. He was going to go on farther. And they said, please stay with us. And he reclined with them and he shared a meal, broke bread, which makes me think like he broke the bread and then they could see the holes and that's how they recognized him. But I don't know. Uh, they, their eyes were open, and they recognized him. They were no longer downcast. they were joyful and then they then, as you know we would all say, is, is were not our hearts burning within us as he spoke to us? Oh yeah, I totally got it. totally got it. Then they got up that very hour they didn 't wait they, they didn 't wait, they got up that very hour. And they returned to Jerusalem. They returned to the city of peace. There they found the 11 and those with them, assembled together saying, it is true. What those ladies said is true. The Lord has risen and he appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus recognized them when he broke bread. They were leaving Emmaus behind. They were leaving doubt and fear and heavy hearts behind, and returning. And what did they do when they had an encounter with Jesus? Hopefully, the same thing that you and I do. We went and we went and told the world, "Hey, look, look, I'm different." The people that know me from when I was a young man to now, they're like, "He's different." I still get that. Like, he's a what? Josh is a pastor. Are you sure? Same guy? No, I'm different. I'm different because I have been I've been transformed, I've been redeemed. I've been given hope. I've been given so much hope that I have I can have it overflowing outside of me and I can give it to others. That God that was once walking in the garden in union with man and woman was again now walking on the very earth with men and women again. This is the power of resurrection. This is the power of what Jesus did on the cross. He takes chaos and turns it into peace. So these men were for change forever, uh, change forever, and our world was changed forever. So now, for you and me, now is the time. This is the time for influencers to jump in Not jump out in crisis. We jump in when there's crisis. Be the best influencer you can be. Know your Bible better. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Be influenced well. Be influenced well. So that you will be able to influence. And in one of my favorite movies, they talk about something echoing into eternity. Be influenced well, so your influence will echo in eternity. I want my son and my daughters and their kids 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 kids to be influenced by this, to be influenced by a, a life that was lived well, but the fruits of the Spirit. So I know you guys can't hear me or I can't hear you, but I want you to say this sitting in your couch right where you sit today. I want you to say, I'm a revolutionary. I'm a revolutionary. All right, say it louder. I still can't hear you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a revolutionary. I'm part of this revolution, which makes me a revolutionary. And that revolution is what Jesus Christ started on the cross. I'm a hope dealer. I'm a hope dealer because people look and they're looking for hope and I can show them where where I got mine. It's unlimited. It doesn't, it doesn't go out of, there, there is no, there is no out of stock on the hope dealer. The ultimate hope dealer, Jesus Christ. And I'm an influencer for Jesus Christ. I'm an influencer for Jesus Christ. I'm an influencer for Jesus Christ. I'm a revolutionary. I'm a hope dealer. And I'm an influencer for Jesus Christ. And that's what I love about this series that we're diving into. We're talking about influence. My guy who's not sitting on a throne, I'm not trying to beat up the soccer player who doesn't, maybe he has pierced earrings. I doubt it. I don't so he's not sitting on this throne being like, look at my 200 million. No, no, we're talking about billions. And that's just that are living today, not counting the billions that have, have lived and died. Billions of people influenced by the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Be an influencer. Walk with him well. Let's take this, let's take this time and, and remember the influence that he had as we go to communion. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and we had given thanks. He broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take it together. And in the same way, After supper, he took a cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whoever, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Lord, help us. Help us to continue to believe and know that we're part of a revolution you started. Lord, help us to reach out to our communities and be hope. Point them to you as a redeemer. Walk alongside people. See them with our eyes. Treat them well with our mouths. Be open with our hands and our pocketbooks and those things and just to take care of people around us. Lord, help us to, to show you off so well. When they meet you, Father, When they meet you, they will fall in love with you because no one can give them what you can give them the way that you can give them. Your unlimited hope, the kind of love that you have, Lord, let us just introduce them to a glimmer of that and they will fall in love with you and follow you for the rest of the days of their life. They will be followers like we are followers. They will be influencers like we are influencers. They will be hope dealers like we are hope dealers. Thank you, Lord, for expanding the revolution. You are a good God, and we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go be hope dealers. Go influence. You are part of a revolution. God bless you guys. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.